Welcome to Everyday Elephants. I'm your host, Tanner Olson, and in a minute I'll be joined by Phil, Ted, and our mystery host. Everyday Elephants is a podcast that discusses what the world is discussing. We take a close look at the elephants in the room. Everything from politics, to trends, to religion. Together we look for where hope is in the midst of the change in chaos and confusion. Welcome to Everyday Elephants. Are we really doing this? Are we back? Look at that. Look at that. We finally I mean, made it. That's the elephant in the room, right? Where, where did we go? What happened? Ted, Tanner? Hey, Michael Jordan took two years off of the NBA, came back, and everything worked out just fine. <laughs> we he's took, the we, we he's the goat. Very much so. Go. Yeah, very yeah, much so. There you go. And there you go. We just, we just took a little break. I'm a little worried so about that comparison if this next season of the podcast is going to be the wizard seasons of MJ. So, no, hey. he he went back to the Bulls. All right, we, we went to the Bulls at that the point. And, so, okay, but then, and then, but then he that's took another break, can. and then yeah, he went okay. To the so we're yeah. the first break. We're in the first break. Got it. We're and don't forget break. Space Jam. Space Jam was an important season as well. That's right. So, fair, much, very much so. fair, very much so. It's it is good to be back. It it it's it's been a while. I'm I'm happy to to be with you all. It was again. an it's nice an unplanned sabbatical, right? Yes, yes. But we're also doing something new. And mm-hmm. we're seeing each other's faces, which I'm really struggling with this because a person who has a hard time smiling, I'm going to have to practice smiling to you all the whole time, like I'm having a good time or something. So I'm just happy to be here, Tanner. Just happy to be here. Just That's, yeah. that's the thing, man. That's why I tell people. I'm like, the secret is just you just smile and nod the whole time. So throughout the podcast, <laughs> I'm just going to be doing this. But like, I think he's glitching. He's not glitching. Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Okay. All right. Well, Sounds and good. as we start this new thing, there's a new plan, a new instead of an unplanned sabbatical, which is what would happen when we would kind of, you know, get a little tired and work would get busy and, you know, we're all working other jobs and so it kind of unplanned sabbaticals happen. So now we are planning time where we're going to do episodes, we're going to plan rest so that yeah. it's not all of a sudden we're gone and all of us are like, "Yeah, I'm just tired." So now it's going to be like, "Hey, we're going to plan this out better. We're going to have a better flow to it. So that's another piece we're excited about as we dive into this. We're going to be some responsible. W- uh, some would say well, we're taking this a little bit more seriously than we had in the past. But true. I feel like we have we even in, in the in in the you know, it's basically winter. In the winter, we have new life, and that's a beautiful thing. That's right. Just yeah. smiling now. Just smiling now. <laughs> Phil, tell us what's going on. Hey, I am really just honored today to be able to introduce to you one of our new members for Everyday Elephants. Um, She is a poet, a podcaster. She is a female, which means she's going to bring a lot of wisdom, boys. Um, She is a friend, and I'm pretty sure she's going to be your friend, too. Ladies and gentlemen, the newest member of Everyday Elephants. Let's give it up for Miss Bradley. Yeah, welcome. You're the mystery person. I can't believe it's you. I can't believe it either. It's crazy. I'm here. What? (laughs) I know. Mind blowing. Well, I'm very excited. You come from all the way from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Sure do. Tell us about Florida. Florida is great until this time of year and you're seeing everybody and jackets and cute outfits and fall outfits and the winter stuff and I'm over here sweating. So it's great. And so 
winter and fall for sure. <laughs> yeah, I remember living down in Florida and people were pulling out their Uggs when it was like low 70s. And I was like, you people oh, yeah. are gross. No, 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 no. Let me, okay. As, 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 a, as someone who grew up in the state of Florida, I've got Florida in my blood. It's, Defend yourself. Our, our 70 degrees is other people's 30 degrees. It's just a little off. And I think yes. that's one of the best ways to describe people from Florida. They're just a little off. And that is okay. <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd you know like what? to introduce you to science. Like, yes. I can, we don't need science in Florida. We've got alligators. We've got snakes. We've got the greatest news stories, news headlines of all time. Have you heard about the, the naked Very man who true. threw an alligator through the window of a Wendy's? Amazing. Amazing. I have not, I have not <laughs> heard that story, but yeah. I'm not surprised. And I will say yeah. if I post something pretty crazy, it's because I live in Florida. Like one time there was a car in the middle of a 7-Eleven store and nobody was surprised because I'm like, yeah, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. What do you expect? <laughs> Great parking so, spot. Yeah. Yep. So that's how, that's how we roll here. So yeah. Yeah. Florida is great. I've been here my whole life, so I don't know anything different. I don't know normal people. So <laughs> what is normal? But what You're is here. normal? Yes. Yeah. So, but it's great. It's great. Katie, why did you say yes to being on this podcast? Well, um, I've listened to you guys back um, when you started the OG Everyday Elephant podcast. And I was listening to you on my Spotify or no, yeah, my Apple podcast. And I really 100%. like what you are about. And I have my own podcast called Sunday Thoughts, where we always talk about thinking critically about the Bible and events around us. And that's kind of what you guys do. And so when you asked me to be on this, I'm like, yeah, I want to be part of the project and what you're doing and looking at issues through a Christian perspective. I'm all about it. So that's now let me tell I'm you here. what really happened. You know, we would do a podcast oh, and then I get yeah. a text message from Katie and she would like fact check everything I'd say and <laughs> basically prove me wrong. It's not hard to do. Well, true. But I realized like, man, if someone's going to contest me and bring me down, might as well be Katie and another person to prove me wrong. So yeah, that's the real now, reason I'm here. That's to the debate. real reason in my <laughs> head. That's the real reason now, which is good. We, we needed some of that. It was getting a little old of just Phil and Ted arguing. We needed to throw somebody else in there. So, and because it wasn't, it wasn't going to be me. I'm just here to smile <laughs> and nod and move the show along. You get to step in and you get a battle with these guys and go back and forth, but we're I'm super ready. excited to have you to bring your perspective and your knowledge, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. But before we jump into our first topic, Ted was mentioning this just a little bit earlier ago. Like we're changing up the podcast just a little bit, so the show moving forward, we're gonna have uh, we we previously we had talked about how everyday elephants was gonna be. We were going to show you a way to have conversations about hard things, and we're still going to to model that. But we're also going to be looking for for where is hope in the midst of all the chaos and the confusion. And so you might hear us from time to time asking, hey, where's where's the hope in this? Or, you know, where's the bright light shining through all this darkness? Or what's something that we can take away and hold on to? Because it feels like everything is, is heavy. Uh, and then Ted also mentioned that we're going to be in more of a season format moving forward. So it's not going to be an episode every single week. It's going to be a bunch of episodes, like week after week after week. And then there's going to be a break. But... We'll let you know when that break is. So, anything else, Dad? Friends? Nope. You got it. I like it. 
All right. Well, we're going to kick off the podcast talking about what you probably don't want to talk about this Thanksgiving. Politics. <laughs> Ooh, politics. It's election season. Let's go. I yeah, know, it, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's election season, I guess, already. And I'm told that this is apparently a pretty big deal. So, Phil, would you kind of clue us in on the midterms and politics and just give us a, a update on the world? Be our, uh, be our Walter Cronkite for a minute, if you would. You know, um, I, I, I guess we were expecting this big red wave uh, to happen. And uh, I mean, honestly, I was expecting that there was going to be this big shift happening in the Senate and the House. And well, it was, I don't know, like a little blip. Nothing really much happened. Um, and here we are. We are, I guess maybe it's a good thing. We have a little bit more. Will, will there be bipartisanism that actually happens when it's. I mean, gridlock, maybe. Okay. So maybe nothing's going to happen. But uh, I don't know. Trump announced that he is uh, going to be running for president. So. Who? Stay tuned to reality TV. And already his boy, Mike Pence, has thrown some shots at him left and right, saying there's better choices out in the world. Obviously, Mike. So here we are. So politics, <laughs> I think that kind of recaps it up. But I don't know. I was well, kind of surprised. I think it's funny that on Friday we had planned to talk just about the midterms and kind of discuss that. And within, what is it, 72 hours there was enough that we we're like, well, I guess we're talking about politics in general. And it's, I mean, it's fascinating the speed at which we moved from, you know, midterm election season to presidential election season. Like we used to measure it in years, then months, and now we're down to weeks. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've, you know, we've made that transition already. Do you remember when we were in school, like ele- like middle school, and we would have the history textbook and you would be like, and here's 1945 to 1960, and there's like 10 bullet points that happen. I feel like we have 10 bullet points of big things that kind of happen our, in our world every week. Because as at, right before we started recording this podcast, we were talking about all the, you know, just like the violence and the shootings and the stabbings that have happened in America in the last mm-hmm. 72 hours, which every, every bit of, of darkness is a bullet point that should probably be talked about, discussed, and we should figure out, okay, what do we need to do to make positive change in the world for the next year Mm -hmm. or next day or whatever that is. But I just thought that was interesting. Like there's just so much news, so much that is happening so quickly. And Mm -hmm. that all that, I mean, that leaves me feeling, I don't know, exhausted, tired. And like, I don't want to look at Twitter, but I want to look at Twitter. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think all of these things that are happening, people are emotionally charged, right? And so that affects the way people feel about politics, about people, about issues. And I think that that was a reflection of even what happened in the election um, with Roe versus Wade being um, so fresh on people's mind. And it affected that as well. And now moving into, like you were saying, Tanner, with all of these things that just took place within the last week or in the last few days, it is starting another wave of there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of thoughts and people are, they're charged. They're charged up. And um, and that's why it's important to talk about these issues because people are affected by policies and people and leaders and our government. So, Yeah. Do you, uh, Ted or Phil, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, it, it's it's interesting because I have um, breakfast tacos once a month with a friend from church. And 
Sounds just a Saturday morning. It's phenomenal. Oh, um, one second. <laughs> one second. Ted, I lived in Texas with you. You had breakfast tacos more than once a month. We oh, had yeah, breakfast tacos backtrack. together. With my friend. Over this one guy. With this one guy. Ted, yeah, I was like, like Ted, oh, yeah, I was, no, 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 no. I was going to say. No, 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 no. Don't change. Listen. <laughs> listen. I'll never change, baby. Now I had breakfast tacos for dinner the other night. So, oh, um, man after my own heart. But... So we're hanging out and we're talking and, um, you know, one thing we're talking about is uh, in the Austin area, how quickly things are spreading out. We're really getting urban sprawl out to these smaller established towns. They're not planned communities. These are small towns in and around Austin. And because of, um, you know, the access to the Internet, how even in these small towns, the major issues are present. You know, the things that Katie just talked about, Roe versus Wade, identity um, in greater culture, uh, sexual identity, all those kinds of things. It's even if a place votes red or blue, um, we're in a time and a place now where the speed at which you, and we've talked about this so many times, but the speed at which you can access anything is so prevalent and so you know, even in, in small towns, discussions are changing. And I think, you know, as we started this out and Tanner just brilliantly, you know, what are the things you don't want to talk about at Thanksgiving? And I, I think some of it, though, is we, we need to look at what's happening in our world politically. And I think it'll, it would be healthy for us to take a step back and look at our own values and ideas and continually weigh them because some of them I think will be really good and some of them we can say, ooh, I need to grow in this area or that area, whatever it is. Um, but also learning how to live in that place because one thing I know that happens when we get into discussions with people, especially in families, uh, is the speed at which we, we lose the sanctified person we are and we move into like the lizard brain reactionary place of i'm just mad at you and i don't know about um i don't know if you guys know jaron myers he's a, a comedian and he has a podcast and i no, i'm still trying across... to figure out the whole lizard brain thing that that was remarkable so <laughs> so well katie and i are from florida so we could probably tell you about that yeah they get yeah, it uh, I, I know what um, an iguana is so sitting <laughs> sitting around here somewhere here so oh, but my mom a couple years ago had me get this book it's called rare leadership i highly highly i read it like every couple of years but they talk about in it um it's from a christian perspective but they talk about biological like brain chemistry, but also like soul care and who we are. And one of the things they talk about is in leadership, there can be a temptation to move to a part of our brain, basically the flight or fight part of our brain, which they dub the lizard brain, you know, that part of us that's very animalistic. And for me now, after reading this a couple times and experiencing it, I can tell physically when my brain chemistry switches right like mm. i can feel that sometimes it's quick sometimes it's not as quick as i wish it was and it's you know two hours later i'm apologizing to someone does your but skin when we're start not... scaly yeah no yeah, no it's it's say. like straight up you know the lizard from so spider many questions it's That's exactly what I'm like that about. yeah, yeah. Okay. um does it yeah, hurt, but it hurts, though? i should, I should ask hurts. him it yeah. does it does 
but for me, what it is, is it's, I, it happens to me when I forget whose I am, when I have to defend an idea because it's become a core identity versus saying, Hey, Jesus redeemed me. He's who I am. These other ideas are part of who I am and growing, but that's not the central thing. And can I focus on the central thing so I can discuss these other things without losing my ability to love God and love my neighbor? Right. What if the idea is from Jesus. Uh, say that again. What if the idea is from Jesus? Well, that's a good question. My first thought, like kind of comparing, like molding those two ideas together that Phil and Ted that you're saying is is praying for wisdom because wisdom i have this quote in my journal right now wisdom tells knowledge how to behave so we have a lot of ideas we have thoughts we are like righteously like aligning with a lot of things that god believes but wisdom what does james say about wisdom wisdom is open to reason it's gentle it's being peaceable right it's not compromising our thoughts or beliefs but it's being open to reason it's it's being able to hold these conversations without emotion leading it and being offended personally when it's it's you know when it's not a personal thing because really it's not when we align our ideas with god people are not mad at our ideas or mad at god's ideas and we're just the messenger just agreeing with it so we can really like team up with like work with the lord jesus in the sense that like he was also persecuted for this too so we can share these ideas and have wisdom intact around the way that we approach it, you know? So that was like a good, like, but at the same time, how many times have I been or people, or we've all been in situations where we're emotionally charged or we're hurt yeah. or we're so yeah. close to that person, right? We're so yeah. close to that family member or that person that we're talking to about this, that it does feel like a divide. It does feel painful. It does feel hurtful. Um, so absolutely, I think, what you're saying is getting, you know, not getting offended personally during these conversations that we're holding with people over Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, you, you think about Peter, right? Like, so Peter, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus is arrested and Peter's reaction is to attack. And Jesus goes, listen, that's not, that's not what we're about. And that's, that might be an extreme place, but what it shows is like, Jesus doesn't need my defense. And actually that is, that can have negative effects to other people. Even as I stand in truth and feel like you said, if Jesus said it, right. But it's saying, even if someone disagrees with me, can I live in my identity to go, Hey, Jesus said that. And like Katie just said to say, you know, it doesn't change what we believe, but how do we react in a wisdom of kindness, of gentleness, of self-control? And I've noticed in myself, there are times when I lose the, the self-control bit, the gentleness and kindness are quickly out the window as well. And so that that's what I'm trying to get at is saying, how do we, hmm. these political ideas and viewpoints, and, you know, we need to be discussing them in different forums. But how do we bring in, like Katie said, that wisdom to fight back against that sinful self that mm -hmm. might come out? 
Absolutely. One of the things that has been that's been picking up speed over the last couple of months, even the last couple of years, is this idea of Christian nationalism. And a lot of the things that we've been talking about right here, we're talking about politics, but we're also talking about being followers of Jesus, trying to follow the way. So how do we how do we think about this topic of of Christian nationalism and, and how should it be tackled? I get confused with Christian nationalism because there's so many different definitions out there. I don't know if you guys have any wisdom or want to sum it up, but like for me, the internet has so many different things it has to say about Christian nationalism where I'm just like, am I, or am I not? I I don't know. So Hmm. I think, I think there's an unfair idea out there that any Christian voting their values, that's Christian nationalism. But that's that's not that's clearly not Christian nationalism, and I think that actually wait. Ted, are you saying are you saying that people are quick to go to the extreme? I know weird. Right? <laughs> and they're thinking weird. weird. Is that that's part so is that part radical. of the lizard brain? Is that part of that? <laughs> hey, see you get it, buddy. You, see a Florida man can connect that lizard brain connection just so easily. <laughs> you know it, buddy. No, we, you know I, it. I th- I think the Christian nationalism idea, as it's used as a bludgeon against Christians in general, actually dilutes the greater danger, which is a Christian nationalism that's aimed at a theocracy, right? So, you know, government run by um, religion. And, you know, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Like, our goal as Christians, we should be voting our values, we should be in every discussion using all of our rights. But our goal is, as the church, as the people of God, is not to rule here. It's to love God and love our neighbors. And that, that means being civically engaged. But Christian nationalism would be the idea we force it down everyone's throats. And that has the tension in it. And question, going <laughs> off of that, do you believe that if the government were to align with Christian values, that our nation will be more blessed and we would benefit from it? No. Why? And here's, here's why. Every time that's tried to happen in terms of power from the top down is what it becomes is a dictatorship, some kind of autocracy that says, you must act and behave like this. It says, we can take a person and force them into sanctification. Now, the hard side of that is, I, I think the things in my faith and in my values are good. You know, I, I do want to vote those values. My fear becomes, so like, um, if we look at it in terms of if the government were to say everyone needs to be doing Bible study every day because we know the word of God is what leads us is what guides us. Um, what we end up getting then is not only a government that I think is overreaching, but also I think a theocracy that then gets to dictate how I read and interpret scripture. And the idea of the nation being blessed is an Old Testament process for the nation of Israel, which then turns into the church with Christ's returning. And so 
our focus on the nation isn't a physical nation. It is the church of Jesus as we move and do his work. But I want to I want to toss it to Katie because I know Katie. We talked about this a little bit, and I want to hear what you're saying. So I'm I've talked a lot. So let me throw it to you. No, and no, that's really great. I think you hit on a lot of good points, and I and I want to just um, piggyback off of that because there's there's when we talk about Christian nationalism, there is such a broad spectrum. And like Phil, you were yeah, saying, yeah. define your terms. So when we say the word somebody else is going to understand that word differently. So every time we bring a word like this, that's just has a lot of cultural heat. We have to really define what we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. And there is um, people that claim explicitly to be Christian nationalists, but they mean something very different than maybe someone like, um, I know he was spoken about in a few articles, by Andrew Torba and what he means by Christian nationalism. And they might not even agree with each other, right? Um, but I do want to say, kind of going off of Ted, what you said, um, that um, maybe it's not in something like maybe not in, um, we, we do have liberty in how we read the Bible and the government. We don't want the government to govern that, but righteous judgment, right? We want the, the government to judge rightly when it comes to crime, when it comes to, um, right. certain things we want because we think that the nation will, um, it, if justice is carried out correctly and rightly, um, we see certain benefits. And if not, we see certain, um, we see certain deficits, you know? And so, um, now, um, my next question, and I'll ask Phil this, and I, you know, I do have a lot to say about Christian nationalism, of course, because I always have a lot to say about everything. <laughs> but I do want to ask this Fire. question. Um, but do you believe that there's any part of like, because if that was true, Ted, if everything you were saying was true, then why vote at all if it, there's no value in it? Right. But we do have the liberty to vote. And so there is something there is some kind of benefit to it. But is it? Um, a direct, if I obey, if the nation obeys, this, Phil, I'll ask you this question. If the nation obeys God's commands and God's morality, moral system, will he bless the nation more? Or if we disobey, is he going to punish the nation? Now, this is like a huge, I think at the core of maybe what some Christian nationalists, true Christian nationalists really believe that God's character over our nation is going to change based on our obedience or our compliance to commands, regardless so of few, salvation. So I have a few thoughts with that. And I'm not necessarily sure how to answer that. But if you were to look at movements, Christian movements that are happening around the world, there is a lot of multiplication that is happening in oppressed countries where um, Christian values are not the standards of governing rules, right? Um, I get to work with a guy within our organization named Scott Rishi. He does international work, and he just talks about the multiplication that happens um, with house churches in China. And they can only gather so many people in a building. No, they can still technically worship, but that's, you know, you know we don't even know what that means because people can just disappear out of nowhere, but the way that they're forced to be able to grow with all the oppression that's happening within their faith um, and, and how they, they multiply, it's amazing. And the same is happening in India and so many other different countries that just, it's not introduced. So I'm conflicted because mm 
-hmm. I would think that if those values were a part of our governing system, that the nation would be blessed. However, what does that really mean? Um, when he was talking it, about- is it, is it values or is it something else? I, I, I don't right? know. I, I, it's just interesting, like when we talk to some of these people, like my first initial reaction would be like, Jesus, we need to be praying for their safety, like, you know, praying over them. And they're praying that they just would be more bold in their faith. Like that kind of discomfort is really what's um, revealing to people how you can love God and love people, even if it's going to cost your life. So it, it's it's hard because I understand where we're all going. But, you know, so part of me is like, yeah, I want some of these values here. But then it's like sometimes we need to be out of our comfort zone. But I don't want to die. So let's not do that. either. So. <laughs> well, I think to take it, Katie, to, to what you were talking mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. um, I don't think the Christian faith is set up to be the law of the land. I do think there's a morality connected with it. That is the way we are created to be. Um, but the question becomes then how, how do we as Christians follow Jesus? Is it a fear of the law or is it a joy of following Jesus? Because what has happened as we look at history is that when Christian, and it's not complete morality, but when Christian faith and doctrine and um, orthodoxy becomes the law of the land, we get Christianity becoming two things, which is the idea of utopia, that if only we do the right things, if only we govern the right way, then God will love us more. Or we get Christianity in a power grab where it loses Jesus at the center and instead says, we want to hold on to the power so we get the Crusades, we get the Spanish Inquisition, we get Calvin's Geneva, where there are these places where when the church becomes the state, the persecution, instead of being the people persecuted for a faith of following Jesus, we become the persecutors of those who do not have it. And so for me, that's, that's the big tension is that the goal of our faith should be to live out where we are, but I, I just really don't think it's to say mm -hmm. the law of our church becomes the law of the land because our goal is not to create utopia here. The goal is Jesus is coming back someday and we want to invite more people to be a part of that. But right. I also think that brings in the tension of saying, how do we live out those values in the system we're in where we have the opportunity to vote and to mm -hmm. be a part of it? Right. Absolutely. And I agree with, oh, Phil, do you want to go ahead and add I was going to say, does, does Christian nationalism just exist in the GOP? I, I would say it exists outside I'd... of it, too. I, I know. And I think that's what's getting really confusing, because yeah. I, I guess if I'm looking on Twitter and I'm looking online, I'm seeing Christian nationalism, Republicans. And I mean, there's there's a lot of loud Christian voices on the left that are also inserting these are really the true values of what Christ intended to live, which is honestly completely different in terms of how I would interpret scripture. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like all this stuff for me, it's confusing, it's messy, mm -hmm. it's frustrating. And um, I get why we're talking about it, but it's just, 
such a broad term that just doesn't make sense to me. And is it, it just is. a distract? Is it just a distraction? Is it just another one of those distractions that gets us away from actually loving God and loving people? And I think to- it's another label. I think it's another label to kind of group people in and to like and radicalize maybe a certain group of people so that they can, so it can be like us and them type of thing, you know? And that's what happens with anytime like these new terms come about, even in the church, like not even just culture in general, but if you just look at the church and the church coming up with new words to, to describe old historical things, it's like, wait, we already have a word for that. We don't need to re- redefine yep. this. And so that we can, so, and it does become confusing, but I will say this, the, regardless of Christian nationalism as a term, there's a theological implication at the core of this. And Mm -hmm. this is when it gets really on that side of the spectrum when it comes in. Ted, you mentioned, you said this word a few times, but about power. And, um, and I've noticed that there's, and this is like an emerging theology, even through like the charismatic movement and moving into even so many different crevices of Christianity, but like um, dominion theology and really believing that, when um and that that's a theological implication and i think it's manifesting itself into politics as christian nationalism but from this side of christianity saying um hey we believe that because all authority in heaven has been given to us in christ that anywhere our footsteps anywhere we claim we can claim authority and dominion and power and it becomes a power struggle and even the way and now this is like really dissecting but even the way you if you read a lot of these dominion theology teachers the way they pray the way that they speak it becomes it's actually a power struggle in every little area and it's teaching people um, instead of a submission to authority it's really teaching people how to become the authority become the power and to use jesus name as an excuse for that instead of saying actually um like i am a deprived person in need of submitting to the one who has all authority and that that's my biggest concern when talking about christian nationalism because i think at the the part of it that i'm more more concerned about is the theological implication of saying in this teaching of saying that we as christians um we own everywhere our feet step we win we have victory which isn't false but that's for a different kingdom that's for a different time that is not for now we are sent in as sheep among wolves that's the mission right now we are sent Mm -hmm. in to be as wise as serpents innocent as doves and gentle as doves and to be um to be humble to be truth speakers and to expect that the culture my obedience to christ is not going to change culture the outcome is in god's hands i don't hold the outcome in my hand and what dominion theology does it it says oh i also can speak the outcome into existence which isn't true and it's teaching a whole young generation of christians and i get fired up about this because it's (laughs) what Let's go. No, let's go. I could not tell. It's spreading in the young Christian, like the young Christian movement of the next generation. And this is a known belief. And like, and so, and this is, and that's where it gets me a little bit fired up because it's, it's a bad teaching. It's bad theology. It's worse righteousness. It just, it feels like it's bullying too. It just feels a little bit like bullying. It is. And it's manipulating. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Feels like high, feels like high school and anything about high school. Don't really like it. So and I we think resist it, high school. 
<laughs> it takes the, this idea of oh, Christian nationalism cool. as it's used as a, you know, I would reserve the the term for the, I would, I'd heavyweight the nationalism, right? That's the bigger issues. Like, you know, you look at nationalism as an idea and then Christianity hooks onto it. That's where it gets tricky. It's not because of the Christian. It's when it's connected with the idea of nationalism. Do you but think it I got think it takes... even muddier with Trump, though? Like this no, I think nationalism. I mean, I think it got louder. Yeah, I think I think it's I I th I think if it hadn't been Trump, it would have been someone else. I think it's the internet gives a megaphone to everyone. It used to be you had to post on a billboard, you had to be within driving distance, and now it's like you can start a Facebook group and get you know the fifty thousand people across the world together on the idea. I it's I yeah I you don't think a, I think you it can was going to happen. Riot. You can start a riot real fast anywhere, real fast, even yeah. if it's, I don't know, the capital, you know? <laughs> but I think it really does, it steals from people who are going into politics for service. We have some, some folks down here connected, we're connected to that, like, they want to serve. They want to make a difference. They want to, you know, join in. And now this can be used kind of as a, um, you know, a, a baton to beat on them and it's like these people are stepping into places they see need not every person going into politics is doing it for political reasons and that that's one thing that makes me sad mm -hmm. is seeing people with good hearts who want to serve other people who understand what they're passionate about but also understand that um i, ha I had a discussion with one of these folks in our area and and Was it over she caucus? said <laughs> it was not over tacos. It would have been great. Um, but what she said was she she wanted she knew she needed to connect with people who weren't like her. And that to me was really that is such a, a big part of the Christian nationalism, what I see with that in the bad light is it doesn't want to see different. It wants to cookie cutter everyone into this is how you should be. Yep. But what yeah. we see in, in the way of Jesus is he meets people where they are. He meets tax collectors. He meets prostitutes. He meets sinners. He meets fishermen. He doesn't force them to be him. He says, come on, come with me. And that was such a healthy thing for me to hear. And it saddens me that this this can be used as something to fight against people who are going into mm -hmm. stuff for the right reasons. That, I mean, I, I would have loved to... to have seen like more people like this who said, I know I need to meet people and connect with people who are different than me. And that we don't have that. Like that is so rare now in mm -hmm. our political system. And it's rare in communities too, to ask, you know, Hey, yeah. tell me more about that. That's one of my new favorite questions is cause I don't know a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I just smile and nod. So tell me more about like, why are you, why, why, why do you believe this? Why are you coming from that angle? Like, I just, you know, it's okay to like, What's the Ted Lasso quote? Like, curiosity without judgment. Be curious, not judge judgmental. Yeah, like, be curious, a, not judgmental. Curious. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good way to go about things. Yeah. And the whole and, smile and nodding. So it's just you know. Yeah, Katie, I, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I love that because asking questions is really the best way to hear people and open that door to have conversation, but also just to understand where people are coming from. And I think, Ted, you, I remember you saying this a while back, but everybody comes from a different background, a different experience, 
And everyone develops a different belief system based on, you know, maybe some things that they've experienced themselves or they see from their perspective. And we don't know if we don't ask questions, you know? So I, I do love that. I love that, that we can, we have permission to sit down with people in our life and in our circle and ask questions, you know? And yeah, I agree. Going back to the whole question. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say there was a question that came in on Facebook Live, which if you're listening, you don't know we're on Facebook Live. We are there. So look at us. We're also on you. We're also on YouTube as well, right? YouTube, Spotify. Oh, brand new. Brand new. We are brand new. But there was a question that came on over Facebook Live, which said Christian nationalism or perhaps becoming a, a totalitarian country. And I only know about three of those words, so I'm going to let one of y'all take it. <laughs> like either or? That's what the question said. By the question, do they mean like Christian nationalism or can we also say that as totality? It's a tough word. It's a tough word. And I have a Maybe they're thinking yeah, it's evolving into that because of Christian mm-hmm. nationalism. Is which, that where it's moving to? I, I mean, I don't think so. But uh, I'm also not the smartest guy in the world either. So um, I'm just asking questions and smiling and nodding <laughs> just like Tanner. So. Well, I think, I think that if you go at it from another angle, is it do we want Christian nationalism or do we want True. a progressive totalitarian government? And I would say neither. Yeah. Hard um, pass on both. Can't we all just get along? Please. And, and I say Christian nationalism literally is that idea of the faith being hijacked by a nationalist idea Yeah. to say, I would say that's one far end of the spectrum. That is not Christians working in their nation. That's a different story. That's, that's good. Let's do that. Let's keep moving. But I would actually say a totalitarian government and a nationalist Christian government are actually much closer to each other than they are different because it is... It is taking and saying, I will force on you my beliefs. And Jesus didn't force belief on anyone. He invited in. You look at, I love the story of Luke 10, because it gave me so much freedom as a follower of Jesus, where he says, listen, go out, and if there's a person of peace, stay there. And if not, wipe off your sandals and keep going. Not because those people are gone forever, but it's not your job. I'm the one working. Don't. Don't get lost in failure or those kinds of things. You keep, you keep doing what I told you to do. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. And are so... you saying that we can't, we can't fix or change people, Ted? Is that something that you're saying? Are you making that claim on this podcast it's, right now? It's really annoying. Shocking. It's on the record. It's on the record. Um, but, I, but I think that's a lot of it. Like a lot of these things that we'll talk about that we are talking about is it's people wanting to fix other people. And that's just not the way it goes. As somebody who has tried to fix a lot of people, been very unsuccessful every single time. And so, but there's a better way to go about it. And that's saying, do you want to get breakfast tacos? Or, hey, can you <laughs> help me understand that? <laughs> or, hey, I don't know how to say totalitarian. Can you help me? <laughs> totalitarian. That's a hard word. That is a hard word. It will not be written into a poem. I can tell you that much. It will we'll have, you know, Katie as a as a kindergarten teacher can help you sound it out phonetically after we're off. All right, well, I'm kids. the one struggling with it, so. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, 
Oh, you notice how I have not even attempted to say the word because I'm like, <laughs> smile. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not. smile not, smile not. <laughs> I don't know how to say it either. It's, I do, it's but, rough. Nah, but it's but rough. I, I'll say I'll say something about being a kindergarten teacher to kind of roll like piggyback on what you're saying, like with changing people and I and changing what people think, you know, like as a teacher, teachers will understand this analogy, but often if you're not careful, you'll be putting out fires all day long with kids and you'll use all your energy putting out fires instead of taking a step back and like having, well, for this is not good. It's going to break down the analogy, but having a good classroom management strategy, right? But what that's doing when you're trying to change people and manipulate maneuver and, you know, put all your energy in with like changing someone's idea about an issue, what you're doing is putting out a fire when really the real thing is the gospel, the gospel being the center. And the rest will come if that's what the Lord permits. Because I, because often like with these ideas and issues, we're so busy sometimes. And I see sometimes this happens in the Christian realm with fighting over issues and ideas. And I remember, this is just a personal experience, but as a Christian, I did not change my mind about my my views until years down the road being a Christian because it took time to mold my brain and my thinking and learning and asking questions, that takes time. So while I was a Christian, my views probably wouldn't align with a lot of Christian views right off the bat. So if someone were to fight with me and argue with me, they'd be putting out a fire when really the real issue was my heart, was my soul, my salvation, right? And then the rest kind of comes. And we do that with the nation. We're not, there's, we can't save the nation by obeying God. We have to save the nation by preaching the gospel. And if that's if the Lord and the outcome is still in the Lord's hands, not our own, but our job is to is essentially the gospel. Um, you know, so like that's that's just my two cents, but um what are your thoughts about that? No, I think I think that was that was good. I think totalitarian. I thought it was good. Yes. No, no, I think those also were some my really takeaway good. is I think those I'm glad were... Katie's on the show. So Me too. Me too. You bring you <laughs> bring uh, some, be here. You bring some zing and some punch. And uh I think that's a good place for us to kind of close the show. Before we close the show, we have one last thing we need to talk about. Something a little less serious, but equally as important. With Thanksgiving approaching, I just want to ask you all, what is one side dish that you have to have at Thanksgiving dinner? I'm starting with our newest member. Katie, what do you have to have as a side dish? Sweet potato casserole. I'm just going to leave it there. With or without marshmallows? With marshmallows, for sure. Yep. All right. (laughs) Phil, what do you got? So this is interesting. It's not a Thanksgiving side, but it's like part of now tradition in my family. When November 1st hits, it is the season of Chex Mix for me. So Chex Mix is everywhere. It's been... I think I've made three batches by now, and there'll be plenty of Chex Mix to share in between all those great sides and turkey for Thanksgiving. Nice. Mm. Ted? Mashed potatoes. It's a classic, but I gotta have Amen. it. It Amen. makes, it makes, it's the glue that brings all the sides together. I don't want to chew any of my food this Thanksgiving. I just want, <laughs> I want sweet potatoes, I want mashed potatoes, <laughs> rolls. All right, anyways, that's all I want. This was great. It's so good to be back with you guys. This is wonderful. Katie, thanks for so, joining us. To close, oh, I'm yeah. so happy. This is awesome. Katie, you did great. But I think thanks. you already knew that already. 
We wish you guys luck as you bring up whatever we discussed on this episode during this year's Thanksgiving dinner. Good luck. This will do it for the very first episode back of Everyday Elephants. Make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. If you're interested in being a sponsor for the podcast or you have a topic that you would want us to discuss, you can send us an email at everydayelephantspod at gmail.com. That's everydayelephantspod at gmail.com. All right, that'll do it. I'm Tanner. I'm Phil. I'm Ted. I'm Katie. We'll see you all next time.